asking the right questions about the purpose of your money is what's extremely important in deciding where to put your money. It's time for the Smart Money Questions Podcast with Matt Hausman. This is the show that provides you with a sound financial education and helps you avoid financial pitfalls. Make sure you're asking the right questions by listening to the Smart Money Questions Podcast. Hey everyone, Matt Hausman here, smartmoneyquestions.com podcast. And that's what we're going to talk about today because I've got a client that I've been working with with quite a while here and interestingly enough they've I've been working with them seven eight years and they've got to the point now where it's time to take out their required minimum distributions and they're in a very good spot where they're not in the position of needing the money and so what I want to do is I want to take you down the path that we went through over the course of about four months to decide where's the best place for them to put the RMD or the choir minimum distribution and to achieve what it is their purpose for that money is. And I think that's something that we all, you know, everyone hears me talk about all the time, the purpose of money and all your money doesn't have the same purpose. So we don't position it all the same way. And in this particular case, we're going to use their situation, hopefully to help you understand the different questions you should be asking that can help dictate where you're going to be investing your money. And so let me kind of give you the idea. Well, first of all, let's talk about IRA accounts and RMDs just to make sure everyone understands them out there. Required minimum distributions are an amount that you're going to have to take out based on the account values of all of your IRA or qualified retirement accounts when you get to the age of 70 and a half. And you want to make sure you take them because if you don't take them, the IRS can come back and penalize you a tax equal to 50% of whatever that amount you were supposed to take out is. So if your minimum distribution amount is $10,000 and you didn't take it, they can actually fine you $5,000 as the tax penalty. And then of course you would still have to take out the 10 and pay the ordinary income tax on that. But so now that we understand that, let's kind of go over in this particular case what the client's situation is and also what their purpose, what their desire was as we were talking and kind of going through our ongoing planning process. As I mentioned, that we've been working with them for about seven or eight years. And their situation is this is they have money in an IRA and they're in the position of based on other income and other assets that they're not needing that minimum distribution that they're going to be required to take they're not going to need that for income purposes so in our the initial part of the conversation i just asked the question okay well what's the purpose of this money what do you want this money to do i mean are we buying a a fancy car are we taking it on a we going on a big vacation what what exactly do you guys want this money to do and what they when they looked at each other and they said you know i think we want to leave the most we can to our children we want to be able to use this in some way this this asset this ira and the fact that we're going to have to take this money we, we want to be able to leave as much as possible to the kids because in our particular case we don't need this particular asset. They've 
we've already done the numbers. We know that you know there really isn't the chance that we run out of money. So what can we do with it? And I said, okay, well, how about you know let me go and I'll come up with three or four scenarios for you. We'll get back together and we'll go over them. And so that's what we did. So let's just go over you know the different options based on what their initial purpose was for the money, which is to leave as much as possible to the kids. And if possible, have it be in the most tax efficient way for the kids to receive it. So the first option we looked at was the idea of using the minimum distribution amount, and that's all we were going to take out was just that amount, pay the tax on it, and then look to fund what's called a joint life or survivorship life policy which would create a tax-free benefit when both of them passed to the heirs and uh, whoever they designated, in in this case, their kids. So that was one option. And one thing that when their first response was before we looked at the numbers, well, you know, we're older now. Obviously, we're 70. And does life insurance make sense? And believe it or not, it does. And in this particular case, the numbers worked out very well for that first option. The second option that we discussed was the idea of using the minimum distributions to fund a Roth in the name of the kids. Now, how can we do that? Well, we can do that because the kids are still working, which means they have W-2 earnings, which allowed them to contribute to a Roth. In this particular case, it was actually going to be the parents contributing to a Roth for them. And we're only going to be able to put, based on their age, they can put in up to $5,500 per year for each child, in this case, too. And that's well under the, under the gifting rules and stuff like that. So that's another thing that they could do. And the, the good thing about that is, first of all, that Roth is going to be tax efficient for the kids. Second of all is that they the kids would actually have access to the basis in the event, let's say, that they wanted to use that for a down payment on on a home or a shore home or a beach home or vacation home, what have you. They can use that money that the parents are putting in to the Roth. They can be able to take that out at any time. They just can't touch the gain that that Roth has accumulated before the age of 50, 59 and a half. So that was another opportunity. The third option was to do both. Maybe we we decrease how much we're gonna put into the life insurance, so we've still got that life insurance amount, and then we use the balance to go into the Roth. And so in that particular case, both instruments are gonna be tax-free to the heirs. In one case, the life insurance wouldn't pay out until both parents have passed. In the second case, those funds would still be available for the kids while the parents are living which I thought that was interesting. And then the other thing would be, is how about we just use the minimum distributions, we're gonna take that out, we're gonna pay the tax on it, and then we're just gonna go spend the money in some type of, say, family event or vacation, what have you. And I I had someone tell me this about five years ago and I thought it was brilliant. We were kind of going over this same scenario, a little bit different, but they spoke to their kids and the kids did not want to have the life insurance money they wanted to use the money while they were living so i brought that up to the to these clients i was like you know what about not doing any of this and just spending the money on various family events and so long story short that was the the first meeting and then we got back together for 
a second meeting. And then with this, and this goes, you know, no pun intended, but smart money questions, let's go into additional questions for each item or each option to see what's going to make the best sense. So we went over option one. Let's talk about funding life insurance, this joint life insurance policy. And so the first question was, okay, how long do we have to fund that? And there's different options. We could fund it for five years, seven years, 10 years, or we could fund it indefinitely. And obviously the amount of life insurance that is gonna be received is gonna be based on how much money the life insurance company does get. And in looking at those different scenarios right there on how long are we gonna have to fund it, we automatically ruled out, I shouldn't say we, it was really them, when I went over the idea of funding the life insurance for an indefinite or until both of them have passed, I said, you know, I'm not sure that that is the best use of the money. You're kind of obligating yourself for this asset, the IRA and the RMD that it produces. You're only directing it into one area, which is the life insurance. And it's not that eventually there's not going to be a big bang for the buck that you've put into it for the kids, but it is an obligation you're creating now indefinite. We don't want to be 10, 15, 20 years down the line and you decide, you know what, I'm done with this because then you've wasted all that money. So after that further discussion, they ruled that one out. And then we looked at the shorter, the shorter terms of pay and actually zeroed in on one that was seven years. And so we said, okay, we like that, that option right there. We like the value that the heirs will get. And so, and we only have to fund it for seven years and then it's done. And so that was just going that extra, that extra step, how long are we going to need to fund it, led us to go ahead and eliminate some of the options that were within that first option, option one. And now let's look at option two. So the funding the Roths for the heirs. And in that conversation, it came about that they, they weren't sure that they wanted to fund all of the Roth for the kids. They still wanted to be able to you know, incentivize them to put some of their own money into that while they, while they qualify, which both of them do. They qualify under uh, the income limits for, for funding a Roth. And so we kind of dialed back on how much was going to go into that Roth. Then we talked about, okay, what are we going to invest it in for them? And we talked about different strategies there. And with their ages, you know, my recommendation is I would invest it very pretty aggressively because they've got time on their side and they can see that value go up and down and not be worried about or not be panicked about having to, to take any money out. Plus, the idea of funding it and continuing to fund it and knowing that that Roth does not have any minimum distribution requirements when the children get to the age of 70 and a half. And so they, they kind of, okay, we kind of like that idea. We're going to dial back a little bit. So now we might have some additional monies based on what the minimum distribution amount is that we're going to have to take out. And then that goes to option three, which is, well, what about doing both? You know, so we've, we've kind of dialed in on the idea of, okay, we're only going to look at funding this for seven years and that's not gonna take all the RMD. We can use some of the other money to help fund the Roth, and we decided with the Roth that I'm not gonna put the full amount in 
So maybe we can do a combination of the first option funding life insurance and the second option, which is funding a Roth for them. And that seemed attractive to them also because after the seven years, there's no other obligation for funding the life insurance. So if they decide later that they want to fund more into the Roth, they still have that option. So there's there's various options that are available in incorporating both the first and, and second choices. And then we looked at option four. And option four, if you remember, was just to be able to use the money for some type of a maybe an annual or semi-annual family event, getting together with the kids, the grandkids, whether it's a vacation, maybe we save up for a couple years, we go on a big family outing. And they liked that idea, but they were still looking at those first couple options. You know, we kind of already have that, the kids are local, and so we can do those type of events maybe where we don't need need that all that extra money just for those those events. So maybe maybe we're going to push that one off to the side and let's go back and really look at option three, which was a combination of the life insurance and funding the Roth. So we we got back, I got back together with them. I got the paperwork ready and I gave it to them. And just in passing, I was like, you know, I think probably one of the best things for you guys to do is to really sit down before filling all of this stuff out and make sure that you've you've really gotten down to the heart of what the purpose of the money is. You know, making sure that this is is really what what you want it to be. And so after they had thought about it and they got back to us, I thought this was awesome because what they they, they really took time. I mean, this whole process was over about a four month period of time and they sat down and they told me that they they really looked at and analyzed and went back over it and kind of came back at it different times. So it wasn't just, oh, I'm going to think about it today and be done with it. They, they reviewed it multiple times. And basically what they came back with was the idea of number four, option four, which really before hadn't really been on there. I mean, if you remember, they really hadn't thought much about it. And they thought that they had enough funds with just their normal monthly income to be able to take care of those quote family type of events but they said you know we want to we just want to look at taking that money spending time with the kids with the grandkids and then whatever's left if you know if the opportunity for contributing to a Roth is there we'll still have it what I thought was awesome is they took the time to ask the question multiple times make sure they were coming up with the same answers really got on the same page together and there I could just tell that they were extremely happy and excited about the decision they made. And the reality is, you know, if there's money left, they can always contribute to the Roth. Really the only thing that they're giving up is is the life insurance. And that's because really what ended up happening is they changed the purpose of the money to where initially it was, I want to leave as much as possible to the kids when I'm gone to now, after further analyzing, I want to be able to use that money while I'm living to spend time with the kids and grandkids. So hopefully that just kind of walks you down the path or the process of really figuring out what is the purpose of this particular block of money. All money doesn't have the same purpose, so it shouldn't all be positioned the same way. And and hopefully that's helpful. And once again, the uh, we're able to strengthen the community by the different things that happen here in our office with the different people 
that we assist and serve. So with that being said, this is signing off. Matt Hausman, smartmoneyquestions.com. If you have a topic or a question you'd like for us to address, feel free to email us at info at smartmoneyquestions.com or just simply go to our website there and there's a form there that you can fill out. So that's it for today. Hopefully it's been helpful and we'll talk to you guys soon. Have a great one.